You're listening to the Toot Sleuth Podcast. Hosted by Greg Essenmacher. Welcome to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast, all about the business of dentistry. I'm Greg Essenmacher, your host. Although I'm not a dentist, I've been known to play one over your favorite listening devices. On today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Amir and Artie. They're the founding members of Virtual DDS Support. They're in the business of creating a scalable, predictable, and holistic marketing engine that's tailored specifically to each practice's goals and demographic, regardless of the size of the operation. With many DSOs and single location shops under their belt, it's safe to say they're the gurus of dental marketing. So please help me welcome Amir and Artie. All right, guys, come on now. You wrote that intro, gurus of dental marketing. That's going a long way. Come on, guys. Tell me how you came up with that word. (laughs) Hey, Greg. Um, So I wanted to uh, explain basically, first of all, you know, the importance of having marketing and how we uh, consider ourselves gurus of dental marketing, I would say. <laughs> um, so we can start when you're ready. Sure. You know, we think of gurus and we think of, you know, somebody on a mountaintop over in, you know, Asia in the Himalayas. Um, so is that how you take care of marketing? You know, you hone in on, you know, the 620 words for the Google AdWords. Is, is that how you get your, your content? I mean, after all this experience, it kind of comes to us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning, right? So marketing, we, you know, how many times do we hear, you know, oh, I, I, you know, Becky, my, my, niece, my niece and my neighbor, uh, well, they're really good on social media. You know, they take care of my marketing. So let's start with the beginning of the journey, right? Because you guys are professionals at what you do. I've come across you in business and I know the work that you do. You come highly recommended. So let's go back to how did you get involved in marketing? So why don't you take it first, either of you? So how did you get involved with marketing? Actually, for me, um, goes back and uh, a few years back when I was started doing some events, and uh, we wanted to fill up our events, and actually not dental uh, dental related at all. Uh, this is about like you know seven years ago, and uh, you know we we were basically tapping into a lot of sources to see how we could um, you know, fill up the events, which was really hard to do. I mean, we were trying to make people get interested to come to our events and show up, um, and also spend money. Um, similar to what we... That's helpful if they're spending money. (laughs) Right. Um, so it wasn't like a seminar or anything like a free, it was like, you know, they would have to show up and actually there were high ticket events. Um, and you know, we went through a lot of different techniques to get people, uh, hooked in. Uh, from social media, from a lot of actually um, community outreach um, and a lot of, um, the, I want to say, referral marketing as well. And I actually got into it with dentistry right after. And I actually had the opportunity to work with a few different uh, DSOs right off the bat. I just randomly, you know, it was, it was just some of those things that where you, you can say life set you up. Um, and we went all in for it. And since then, uh, you know, we managed over, 
uh, $15 million in Google ad spend alone, uh, specifically for implant marketing too. And that's, you know, what we really became good at. Um, and uh, a lot of TV ads, ra- even radio and even print, depending on the area. And just the whole holistic, and the reason I like to use the word guru is because once you start doing holistic marketing and you actually understand the operations of dentistry um, and how that could, you know, how, can, how a marketing department could play into the operation um, and the culture and also the business model, uh, really that's something what a marketing guy uh, should consider everything and then come up with a plan that's, you know, aligned with all these things that were mentioned. So that's why it's important to have a holistic approach instead of, you know, we, we see a lot of, you know, marketing companies out there where they're just strictly website uh, type of um, companies where it no longer works in this, you know, sophisticated market. Uh, and dentistry is becoming more and more sophisticated, as you know, Greg. I mean, it's, it's, the competition is becoming more crazy. It really is. And that comprehensive approach is so critical to be successful. And, you know, I, you, one of the things that I've learned, you know, working with dentists, talking with dentists, is most of them have horror stories about marketing. You know, they spend X amount of dollars and were promised the world from all of these different marketing companies, or maybe just one or one marketing person. And, oh, I got a really good deal. You know, I was only paying this much per month and I was spending this much. And you hear all these stories, right? You know, you get what you pay for in marketing. That's what I've learned, at least over the years, from all of these dentists, dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds, but don't want to exaggerate. You know, that's what I've learned. And so I really appreciate that. And one of the things that you mentioned, and I want to go back to this because I'm sure listeners want to hear, you talk about event marketing. So what what industry was that in before you got into dental? Because, you know, dentists who would be listening, they're always interested. What was your journey that got you into marketing? Actually, we were, we were doing uh, two different types of industries. One was the, uh, the nightlife industry, which was extremely competitive. Actually, like 10 times more than dentistry. Which one is that? Say that again. Nightlife. So you're a party boy. Come on, just say it, Amir. It's all right. Our listeners can handle it. They're dentists. They know what they're doing. Come on, man. <laughs> he was running the parties. He wasn't in them. Okay. <laughs> and also the cosmetic. Um, I was in the cosmetic yeah. field. I was in the cosmetic industry. Um, and then after so, that. So you were doing like boobs and lifts. Come on, just say it. It's all right. You can say it. Our listeners can handle this. <laughs> More about maybe, uh, you know, facial creams, you know, brands like Estee Lauder and things like that. They got the raw material, the, the active ingredients that goes in there from us. Okay. All right. All right. So it wasn't so much the boob jobs. All right. So fair enough. All right. I'll I'll, I'll back off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, what you're talking about, right, is, is this comprehensive approach, right? Because if you have Tom over here doing your website and you have Sally over here trying to, you know, get your SEO up and you have John over here, you know, you're throwing a couple of grand a month or maybe 1500 bucks a month to try to get your Google AdWords and you're competing with somebody who's got a comprehensive approach, pr- approach and none of them are talking to each other. And they wonder why they're getting so frustrated that you know their spend might be you know two three thousand dollars a month. Uh, oh, I'm just not really getting you know marketing doesn't work, and you know it, they bang their head against the walls. And yet there's other dentists that I speak with that are just crushing it. And especially with the pandemic that we've you know are still dealing with on the back end, but some really were successful. So t- why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the experience that you had with clients that you worked with you know during the pandemic, if you would. 
Yeah, and actually, Greg, I would like to um, take take a few moments back and talk about why do we even need marketing? Like, who would need marketing? And sure, the sure. conversation I have with uh, dentists, uh, especially when I start working with them, is so what is what is it that uh, drives revenue for your practice? Um, and the answer to that really is visits. Now, whether you have new patient visits or existing patient visits, um, the whole point of marketing is to increase that number of visits. Now, depending on your business model, so whether you're after, you know, high ticket items such as all in four or your, you know, bread and butter uh, dentistry, ultimately the goal is to increase that number of visits and also increase the number of conversions. That would ultimately lead to revenue. Now, when you talk about holistic marketing, it should be completely uh, all-inclusive, meaning it would have to include new patients uh, and existing patients. And when you do websites, SEO, ultimately the whole point of that is to get patients. Um, it's not really meant to um, just have like high rankings. Because a lot of times, like for example, dentists get caught up with the fact that, oh, like I have two keywords on the first page, that means I'm doing a good job. But they don't really correlate like, okay, I, I actually got 20 visits out of this. Um, or what is my cost per acquisition for these patients that are coming in? Um, some are trackable, some cannot be tracked. Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is how many visits can we have? And with pandemic, um, we actually saw an increase. All of our locations saw at least a 20 to 50% growth. Um, year to day during pandemic. So even even the fact wow. that yeah, uh, we were actually out for, um, you know, what almost three months, right? Pretty yeah. much mid-March till I want to say we, we got back mid-July for the most part. I mean, depending on what the state was and what the dental board was directing the dentist. Uh, but they actually, all of our providers saw an increase. Nobody actually had a, a bad, year. bad year compared to the year before. Um, and I'm talking about 2020 specifically. And the reason be is because we really focus on visits. I mean, we reactivated a lot of existing patients. Um, and it's funny because a lot of patients who ended up getting some sort of aid, um, they ended up coming back and did dentistry, uh, even though they were existing patients. Or obviously a lot of new patients were looking for dentists and a lot of dentists were closed. So those who were open saw an influx of new patients and now, the trick was to make sure that, you know, they become a lifetime of patients. Um, you know, I like to call it uh, partners of health and wellness. So, uh, you know, depending on how they were captured um, and what they were looking for, the goal was ultimately to increase the number of visits. And that's what the focus was during pandemic as well. Wow, that's really good information. Thank you for sharing that. And so, you know, I know that there really aren't any borders here in the United States when it comes to marketing and the work that you do. But why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about where your clients are uh, physically located um, here in the United States so they can have a little bit of an idea because you are talking about, you know, it sounds like you're working with clients all over the country. Right. And we actually uh, working from West Coast to East Coast, um, you know, California, obviously from the the south it gets to the northest it gets, and then uh, we have literally locations across um, the whole state. Suburbs, big cities, all over. Yes, and, um, you know, Arizona, Texas, uh, New Mexico. South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina, Florida, uh, New York, 
Oregon, Washington. So these are the states that we're currently uh, are active in. So you pretty much you don't sleep, is that right? You know, my my day starts from uh, not even, not joking, like probably five forty five. Sounds accurate. <laughs> you know, I'm in Pacific time, so and it ends, uh, you know, what six thirty probably. Yeah. yeah. So I have twelve hour days, and I actually like- ah, that's only a twelve and a half hour day. That doesn't seem very long to me. That that seems like you're cutting out early. <laughs> so you know when. It comes to marketing, right? So trying to pick the right marketing company, that's always a big challenge for any business owner. And that's really what this podcast is all about, right? You know, the business of dentistry. I, you know, I leave the clinical stuff to the guys who know the clinical and the gals who know the clinical. That's not my side. It's really about the business side. And so, you know, if, if somebody were to begin working with a marketing company, you know, really consolidate what they're doing, go with an expert, go with the guru company. When would you anticipate them starting to see some ROI on their investment? Because it is an investment, right? So talk to me a little bit about that. Set some realistic expectations so that somebody who would consider making this type of investment, what would they be looking at? You know, that's a really good question. And the answer to that is first, you have to identify what business you're trying to have. So, for example, uh, are you in the hygiene business? Or are you in an implant business? Or are you in restorative business? Or are you a practice that you want to be diverse and have these three different verticals? Um, now, or, you know, even cosmetic dentistry as well included in that. Um, so depending on what verticals you're trying to go after, each of those verticals have their own different um, user behavior or patient behavior, I like to call it. So what I mean is if you start with, let's say, let's start with implant dentistry with somebody who's looking for um, to attract, you know, implant patients, they have to remember that the patient's life cycle and also uh, buying behavior um, is very different than hygiene. Obviously, we all know that, but it's just sometimes it takes a little bit for us to realize, like, these are two different patients that, are, you know, we're trying to attract. Someone who's trying to go after implants um, as a patient, you know, there's a lot of different uh, hurdles that they have to, uh, you know, jump over. So one being the finance. Financing is big, um, uh, big setback when it comes to implant patients. Now, the other thing is trust. They, they, they got to trust the provider and also they have to be sold on the treatment. Now, with implant patients, what I've seen typically, there's, there's a, on average, there's a six-month um, time window where it takes them to make a decision. So, for example, they have to talk to their husband or wife, uh, and we hear a lot of that conversation, uh, you know, when it comes to making a decision. And even if everything is set up well, typically about 10% of patients that, you know, are looking for implants start same day, and then about 50-60% actually get decline on financing. And the other 30%, 30 to 40%, who, and I'm talking about people who show up to their appointment. The other 30, 40%, you know, they're, they're in that middle range where we have to keep nurturing them, uh, whether it's through, you know, email, text messages, phone calls, or care calls by the doctor to make sure that they come back. Um, so to answer your question, when do we expect an ROI? That really depends on what they're trying to go after. So if it's, if it's implants, then they have to expect a longer um, cycle. But if you're, for example, targeting emergency dentists, 
um, patients where people are looking for you know instant extractions, then the window for that is almost like seven days. Now, there's no good or bad to any of these. It's just they're different. Now you have to see where you're more efficient. Are you type of practice where you'd be more efficient doing implants all day, or you, or you're very, uh, you know, you you care about how diverse. It's almost like investment. Like how diverse is your portfolio? Are you getting all types of different all types of patients, or is it just specifically emergency or specifically implants? And what I typically like to recommend is it's good to have um, a diverse portfolio of patients where you can expect recurring revenue and you can also expect the big treatments to come in. At the end of the day, if you have an exit plan, I mean, it's always easier to sell a practice where, you know, you have recurring revenue of hygiene uh, versus just doing um, all on fours and implants all day long. Um, and again, really depends on what, you know, you're trying to go after. But again, to answer to your question really depends on what vertical. It could range anywhere between seven days all the way up to six months for them to see a, a return on their investment on one patient. Um, so that's how I'd like to, I hope I answered your question, by the way, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, I would assume it would also determine, you know, where the passion lies for the particular dentist. You know, do they have a passion for emergency care for patients or is it in the cosmetic uh, arena, you know, or is it in those full arch surgeries for, you know, creating beautiful smiles for people? It really just would depend on where they have their passion. So you're talking to me about these different verticals about hygiene or cosmetics or implants. And, you know, as I'm sitting here listening, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is starting to sound really complex with a bunch of different websites. It, it really sounds like a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. There's so many different mediums that can be used um, to do this marketing. You know, the website is like your storefront, but that's only 10% of the game. When you talk to most doctors, they think, oh, the website, that's the whole thing. Once I have my website, oh, I do marketing. But that's literally 5 to 10% of it. There's so many other aspects that come into play when it comes to uh, getting more patients through that door. Um, you know, ranging from Google Ads, SEO, YouTube, um, uh, TV, everything like that. And even training the front desk people that pick up the phone and answer those leads, that the money that you're spending on Google, the calls that are being generated from that, the first person they talk to, that's going to make a whole lot of, lot of difference on whether they actually become a patient or not. So there's a lot that happens between the first click on your ad or on your website or on your YouTube ad, all of that to the patient coming into the office and becoming a you know recurring patient. And to add to that, Greg, um, you know, when it comes to uh, targeting the type of persons, patients you want, ultimately we want to give um, a unique story of why somebody needs to uh, choose the practice uh, for whatever the treatment is. I mean, for whatever we're trying to invest in, and that would that would mean different ads, different websites, different yep. landing pages, different creatives, different text messages and emails. So yes, there, there's a lot of uh, moving pieces that goes into just uh, having a holistic marketing. And um, again, nowadays with the competition going on, you really have to be sophisticated to be able to have a long-term yeah. uh, market share. You know, to give you an example, you were talking about COVID. And obviously one big concern was health and safety, right? And when it was the peak of that, 
we would have sections on the landing pages talking about the COVID measures we're taking. We would set up a text campaigns so that before they come into the office, they know what's going to happen. Some, some practices decided to uh, tell the patients to stay in their car and wait for their text so that once it's, you know, uh, once the practice is empty, they can come back in. So all that communication and ensuring the patient's, uh, you know, safety and giving, giving them kind of the uh, peace of mind, that made the whole lot of difference. Yeah, those safety protocols, you know, essential for healthcare professionals. And I'm sure that, that you know, really ramped up the, the need for what you did so they didn't have to try to navigate that on their own. I'm sure it became very important for your work than you did. You know, that, that changes everything. That changes the, you know, the, the ads you use, the, the landing page content you use. It kind of hovers over, uh, you know, health and safety and that you're going to be okay coming to the practice. Yeah, it changes you from a want to a need. And really, that is a game changer. So that that's something that's, uh, you know, critically important and, and glad that you could provide that service. So this is the point of the podcast where we do a segment called, What the Sleuth is Going On? And so who wants to be first up? Artie, Amir, who wants to be first? Artie seems... Already wants to. Okay, three rapid fire questions. Amir, I need you to take your headphones off. I need you to plug your ears. You cannot listen to these questions because I'm going to hit you with them. I need your first impression. No planning ahead. Are you ready, Artie? Yes, let's do it. Artie, give me your story of the worst bad breath you've ever encountered. Go. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got to think. I got to think. Um, Actually, it was an employee. <laughs> it was a training, yeah, so I couldn't say much. Um, and you know how California is. so. <laughs> yep, I think we need to leave it there for sure. I mean, did it make your hair stand up? Did you have to back away? Was it you know, offering an Altoids? What was the situation? How did you resolve? You know, it's, it's like cartoons where you you kind of turn green. <laughs> Well, that's a funny question. Yeah, it's classic. All right, question number two: If you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? You know, I've been trying Invisalign uh, for two years now, <laughs> and I'm trying to get one two straight, and I'm 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 failing to do that. And I, I've been you to- got the one crooked. All right, so you're a perfectionist. All our listeners know now. Good to know. All right, question number three: If you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product, which one would you choose and why? You didn't think these were going to be easy, did you? No, I didn't think it was going to be easy. But um, I, I would say actually, uh, you know, the person who, you know, basically invented, I would say, or the first few people who started all in four, um, I think that was probably one of the, the most life-changing uh, procedures when it comes to dentistry, in my opinion, because I, I've seen it so many times, relatives and lots of patients that we started, and I think... Um, that's probably one of the best things happened, in my opinion, in dentistry, where you can um, give someone their life back, not only just teeth and smile, but literally get giving their life back. Yeah, and their health as well, right? I mean, we've seen people wasting away because they haven't been able to chew for a long, long time, and suddenly they're able to bite into a steak or a piece of pizza. You know, it not even grandma or grandpa, but if, you know, grandma or grandpa can actually have a piece of pizza with their grandchildren and not worry about those teeth popping out game changer all right tap your partner let him know he can take his fingers out of his ears and if he wasn't i'll know i'll know he was cheating all right amir you ready bud all right we're good to go oh it took him a second so he was he did step out all right i like that you can take direction all right question number one you ready 
worst bad breath you've ever encountered? You know what? I know exactly what it was. Um, I was I was a little kind of like naughty in school. You know what I mean? I, I made a lot of jokes and the teachers used to get pissed off at me. Uh, but then say you were on, you were on a date or something. No. <laughs> but then uh, so I got kicked out of the class for for talking. And then this teacher is screaming at me, you know, why you're talking this and that. His breath. I was literally dying. I was like, please kick me out of the class. I'm fine. I'm good. Just just please stop. The ends justifying the means. I will take the principal's office and back then the paddle. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Question number two. If you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? Huh. You know what? I'm pretty solid with my smile. My mom's a dentist. She took good care of my teeth when I was a kid. I took good care of it after. So I'm pretty solid on my smile, actually. I like that. Like, nice. Good DNA, good dentition, and a mom that takes care. Are you a mama's boy? Not really. (laughs) Uh, Oh, if she listens to this, you're in big trouble, bud. All right, question number three. I was 16. How could I be a mama's boy? (laughs) (laughs) Question number three. If you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product, which one would you choose and why? Ooh. Huh. You know what? I think I think Invisalign because I think it's kind of like the future and it's going to make braces a little obsolete in, in a lot of cases because we were speaking with one of our ortho partners and he was talking about, um, you know, being with researchers and other doctors and they're seeing results with kids wearing Invisalign. So braces might literally become obsolete in the in the near future. So that's kind of like the future. That's like buying, you know, Tesla stock 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, or Amazon, right? Am I allowed to do a plug for other companies? Yeah, I guess we can always dub it out if it doesn't work right. My producer's really good. He knows what he's doing. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure, but I have one final question for you for all the dentists out there that are listening, right? And they're thinking, oh, should I, shouldn't I? Maybe I should get some more information. We don't even want to talk to them. No, I'm kidding. That's okay too. But if somebody's interested in getting started and really wants to know, okay, what do the next steps look like for me to be able to get serious about marketing, to really become a player, understand, talk to a guru in marketing? You know, So what are the steps to really get started? Well, first, uh, we have to understand what the goals of the practice is and what the business model is. And after that, we can actually um, create the marketing plan for that practice uh, or for that group. And based on that, you know, we can, you know, brainstorm and see if this is something that would fit. Um, And it would be a good lifelong relationship between us and and the dental practice. So... Uh, really, the initial step would be a discovery call to understand what the goals are, what the business model is, and where you're trying to be with your um, just production collection in general, um, yeah. at least in the next 12 months. Because what we do, it's not a cookie-cutter type of service. You know, um, It's very hands-on and you know, CMO-like, so it really does vary. It's not, there's no one single model that fits all. 
Yeah, and production is what all the practices are all about. We hear it in every practice with every dentist you talk to. They know their production numbers. They know where they want it to be, and it's never the number they want it to be, it seems. So, well, Amir and Artie, I want to thank you for being my guests on the Tooth Sleuth podcast. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, one final word, I'll give you the last word on it, but you know I'm probably going to say the final word, so I'll pretend it's the final word. What would you like to say to our listening audience? Uh, I actually have a really important final word is, you know, when you guys do discovery calls with marketing companies, please ask questions. Uh, please go through uh, what's important to you and make good decisions because really a bad company could um, put you behind uh, years and also lose a lot of market share. So it's always good to get second, third opinions, just like, you know, patients do with dentists. Um, so it's all, do your research and uh, lots of YouTube content out there where you can go and learn more and uh, see you can you know get more education on it and you know make good decisions so make good decisions <laughs> no I think that's sage advice for our, our listeners thank you so much Amir and Artie from virtual DDS support and we thank our listeners stay tuned for our next podcast thank you for listening to the tooth sleuth podcast. If you're a dentist and interested in learning more on how to grow your business, reach out to our show at toothsleuth2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or hanging out on your nearest street corner where there seems to be a dental practice everywhere you look. Signing off for now, I'm Greg Essenmacher. I thank you for your time and the pleasure of your company. And remember to keep smiling. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. Theme song written by The Whole Other.